Hello, this is Lori Koppelman. Thank you for joining us for the Clutter Chronicles podcast, One Woman's Journey Through Stuff. This is a serial podcast about a recovering hoarder named Mary, who lets me ask her anything I want about her struggle. She is honest and brave every single conversation. Mary is sharing her story in the hope that it will help others, so please help us get the word out. As we all know, nothing beats a personal recommendation. You can also support our efforts by becoming a patron of the show on a website called patreon.com. Once there, search for Clutter Chronicles and you can see the levels of support you can choose from. I am so grateful to all of our patrons. Last time we talked, almost five months ago, Mary started getting us caught up on the progress she'd been making getting her car packed up and getting rid of loads and loads of stuff. In today's conversation, I ask Mary what she thinks about getting a dumpster to help speed her progress along. Welcome back, Mary. Thank you. We were uh, getting caught up after months of not speaking <laughs> and hearing from you, dying to keep going with you, and you, you cut us off last time saying there was so much more to talk about, but we had already chatted for a while. So so, so where, what happened after you... So you went to a vintage shop in Anoka, gave him two carloads, went to his daughter's shop, gave her a carload of clothing, and you were practically giving it away. Mm-hmm. And saying that you discovered charity is the antidote to hoarding, which yep. is a massive milestone for you. Um, what happened after that? Well, <clears throat> in the midst of this, my husband is operating as a normal human being, and he's wanting to go somewhere um, warm because we're having these horrendous, cold, snowy days. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have this fear that our house will flood, <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a, a fear based in reality because it has flooded before I I arrived twice, hmm. and we have a problem um, with our garage flooding every spring, which it is flooded right now, and so anything that's in my garage is on. Um, crates or there's always something between it and the floor um and I'm just very well trained for this like if you train for this for the you know for the military I'm I'm well mm-hmm. <laughs> well ahead of anybody and we were having a phenomenal amount of snow just before we were supposed to go out of town and I could just visualize oh yeah our sump pump will stop while we're gone and all hell will break loose. That was on my mind for Mm -hmm. the moment he gave me for Christmas a gift certificate that we're going to go somewhere warm. I don't want to go anywhere warm. I want to stay here and defend my stuff. Mm. Which, what was I going to do if if anything happened? I don't know. First of all, it needed to be warm, Mary, to melt. (laughs) Right. Which we had no warmth. But But still, you you were feeling... It's something that's always on my mind, Mm. and it's that would be the... that would be the continuous impending doom that's always on my mind, which is very unsettling. And when 
I think I've used this analogy where your house is on fire, but you're going to sit and read this book. <laughs> and you have to read the book to let the book go. You know, you, mm-hmm. you got to go through these papers and the house is on fire. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't match up. Mm-hmm. And that's been my life for however many years I've been at this. If I was going to say I've been from the moment I finally faced the fact that I'm a hoarder, that must have been 2007 when I started allowing myself to recognize I'm a hoarder. So it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, recognizing, you know, doing something about it are two different things, obviously. And I've always been operating in the arena of not being able to let go. So even when I'm letting go, I can't let go. I have to take pictures. I have to um, make lists. I have to make a um, peace with my decisions. Mm-hmm. And through all that, through all that, there's a few things that I think about, like, oh, that was pretty cool. Nothing like detrimental. Nothing that I feel bad about letting go of. But it's always been this um, struggle. In fact. My therapist, the last time I had seen her, which was mid-January, she said, um, I want you to think about bottlenecks. What are the bottlenecks in your life that stops you from letting go? And I would tell you that, number one, it's trying to keep things out of the landfill. That's ultimately why I don't throw things out. Number two is because I'm trying to justify my purchases. I'm trying to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, it's trying to have control over things. Mm. And I had to come to terms with, I'm not God. <laughs> I'm not in control. Mm. And these are not my problems. And it could be that while I'm wasting time on things that I can't control... I'm missing out on what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And um, when my friend Lisa died, that was a rude awakening because I thought about it. I thought, you know, she wanted me to come and help her with her house, and I never had time for her. And what happens to her stuff when she passes? It doesn't go with her. Um, she would, If she could talk to me now, she'd probably say, get rid of it, you know? So... It's kind of like you have these things that happen in life where you're having little wake-up calls. Mm-hmm. And so I'm living somewhere between waking up and crawling back into my hoarding behavior. So when my husband says, we're going to go somewhere warm, any other individual would be, yay! And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just I, I don't want to go. I don't like flying. I'm fat. I don't want to be in a swimsuit. I mean, just miserable thoughts. Mm-hmm. And in in this year, I made a um, New Year's resolution that I was no longer going to live in I can't. Mm-hmm. I even posted it on Facebook. I no longer want to live in I can't. And... I really think that when you do that, (laughs) you mean business. And I have been kind of like 
playing kind of tough love with myself. And if you're going to get out of the situation, you have to believe you're going to get out of the situation. And I have to trust that I can move on. So I, I think what my point in this is I, I had to choose to no longer believe that I'm stuck in this situation. I have to will myself out of this. And um, I'm trying to figure out how to go into the next. So um, one of the things that I was learning in some of the podcasts I was listening to is whatever you focus on, it becomes part of you. And I was realizing that the danger I was having about hoarding was I was focusing on it. Mm-hmm. And so it was almost like by um, being so absorbed into sorting, categorizing, I'm actually um, creating my own problems because it's making me, it's doing the opposite of what I think it's doing. So in my efforts to play this game to let myself let go, I'm actually focusing more into it, which is making me hold on. Hmm. And the the an idea is like when you are when you've met the person you want to spend the life your rest of your life with, you're focused on them. What do they want? What do they want to do? Let's you know, whatever they want to do, let's do. Let's go to a movie, let's go eat. Your focus is on them. And then once you catch them, you have a tendency to focus on other things and then you forget to go out to dinner and you forget to spend time with them. It's like whatever is our focus is what we put our energy into. And I was realizing that I was putting all my focus in this need to let go, which was stagnating my ability to let go, which was also killing me and my husband. Mm -hmm. And so I realized the danger I was in, it's almost like I have to, if, if if I have crawled out of this pit that I used to live in, which is huge. I still have to go into the pit to get the stuff to get rid of it. And so instead of going down there and grabbing the stuff and looking at it, I have to reach in there with my eyes closed and grab it and then get rid of it quickly before I focus on it kind of thing. It sounds really strange, but I was realizing that I'm spending so much time thinking about it that it's almost creating the desire to keep it. So that would be one of the bottlenecks of me getting past. The other bottleneck is the inability to throw things out. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys have been, uh, you guys, if you have been paying attention, but our um, recycling abilities have gone uh, haywire. And the center that I used to bring stuff to doesn't even take half the things that they used to. Hmm. China um, no longer wants our crap. I never felt good about that anyway. It might force people to um, change what they're producing so that it's either biodegradable or easier to recycle. So these strange things that I used to be able to recycle are now trash. Hmm. And I thought the timing on it was, uh, I guess, ideal for me because it's training me to throw things out. 
And I've gotten a lot better about throwing things out. Mm. And I've come to peace with it that it's, it's, it is a problem. I am very concerned about landfills. But at this moment in time, I can't do anything about it. And me keeping it isn't uh, helping the situation. I'm just creating my own landfill. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. So it was it was kind of a, a tough deal. And I think I've talked about rhythm in our lives where we keep things and we use them and then we throw them out. And mine was, I keep it. <laughs> I might not even use it. And I certainly don't throw it out. And so I'm kind of learning at this point that I need to be tossing more. And I just have to say, that's it. End end of story. You can't you can't change the world, at least not from this point. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a perfect time for me to ask you a couple questions. I posted a a note on our Facebook page saying it's been a while. We're waiting to talk again until there's progress. Are there any questions you'd like me to ask Mary uh, next time we speak? And uh, two of them were on this exact uh, area. Um, I'd like to hear Mary's thoughts on renting a dumpster and just trashing stuff Mm -hmm. rather than going through it. Mm -hmm. My current situation, so frustrated. Mm -hmm. And because of your bottleneck of the landfill, this has never been something you've Mm -mm. been able to ponder. Mm -mm. How do you feel about that now? I see the value in it. (laughs) Um, If my house was full of stuff to throw out, yes, I would do that. And in fact, um, there's been some things that we've had to haul to the um, dump. But what we've had to haul didn't constitute a dumpster. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have that much stuff that needs to be thrown out, per se, if I was dumping my furniture, and it would actually be the opposite because it's stuff I could donate. It's all mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. But if it's a case where, um, uh, I mean, I, I'm just saying I see the value in it now, mm-hmm. and I never would have before. Mm-hmm. Just do it kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I'm still at the bottleneck because um, what I... I don't know what I would fill it up with because I don't have that much trash, trash. I mm-hmm. have been whittling away at it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you'd asked me this six months ago, I probably could have filled a dumpster, but I've been trash. I've been throwing it out now. Okay. Um, I barely have anything in the yard. I used to have cute little things in the yard. I've given away or thrown them away. Um, so my, um, Inventory of trash has depleted tremendously. Mm-hmm. So someone else made a comment about this, the same um, question, I guess, um, and saying um, once you get fat past the first pitch, it's liberating just to chuck the stuff. The key is to not think about each thing mm-hmm. you're getting rid of. Just do it. Mm-hmm. It always felt like a weight off my shoulders. 
I would also like you to ask if she would be willing to show some before and after photos. Okay, so that's a separate, mm-hmm. separate um, section. So, so you're saying it isn't trash. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's I not understand. just it's not just my opinion. It's just not trash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I believe you. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to <laughs> parse words here. It's not garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the um, intent with the question. Maybe it's that it might be garbage, but also it's the going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm finally coming to that mm-hmm. where I can. And what's interesting about it is I'm learning that the indecisiveness, I've always thought the indecisiveness was because of the stuff was so cool. Mm-hmm. But what it really is, is it has to do with the wound in me. Mm. And that wound has been, um, how do I say this? I think of my wound as, let's say I got a splinter in it way back in my early childhood and it oozed and then it scabbed and then it oozed and it scabbed and then it got covered with a band-aid multiple times. Nothing was ever actually healing it. Mm -hmm. And by the time the hoarding came, those were band-aids upon band-aids. And so while I've been healing, each Band-Aid has been removed slowly. Mm. And that wound is ultimately what leads to my disordered attachment to things. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't throw out your wedding ring. I mean, maybe you would if you had a divorce or something. I, I mean, but in general, there are certain things that you would keep that's just a Mm no-brainer, that are valuable. But when I was disordered, everything was on that caliber, Mm -hmm. trash included, which is validating their questions. Um, And the, the trick to just do it is the answer. But I couldn't even get to that point until recently because Mm -hmm. I was so attached. Mm -hmm. So the attachment um fogs everything mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you're not even operating in the same element as a normal human being you're operating with so many um unclear thoughts that you can't be comfortable with your decision mm-hmm. and so ultimately i would say the wound is not believing in my decision, not believing um, that I have value in my decision, I guess. It's kind of an external, um, what could I get from this? What could other people think of it? it does other pe- Do other people like it? That could trigger me to keep it. It had nothing to do with my own actual need for it. It was all external. Right. And I would say, as I've progressed, this wound has been um, healing. This has been really good. I know we've we've addressed bits and parts of this over the, our conversations, but um, it's not logical. Mm-hmm. And the wound is uh, is the point. And what seems like would fix the problem, which is the 
the manifestation of the wound mm -hmm. doesn't fix the wound. Right. And so a dumpster and putting it in um, seems like, wow, wouldn't that just resolve it? Right. Dust the hands off and um, be on your way. Mm -hmm. um, your wound is still there mm -hmm. and it would just, um, I'm guessing, get filled up again um, or manifest it in a different way. Right. Um, it might even reopen the wound. So yeah. whatever healing was done, it starts to ooze again. Mm. And when I've talked in the past about um, running down the rabbit hole, I think that's what I was talking about. I just didn't know what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, it's raw and, and open again. Here I had, I had done my best to cover it and treat it, mm -hmm. and now it's just been ripped mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... That says that I'm not wasn't ready. In fact, someone, including my husband, multiple people have said to me, "Why don't you get a dumpster?" And at that time, I think I told you the story where he said, "What do, What do you think this is all worth you and worth to you?" And I'm like, "I don't know." He says, thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, maybe. What if I pay you that and we all just we dump it? Mm -hmm. And to me, that was like stabbing me in the heart. Now, now that I'm getting on the other side, I see, because he's just being logical, he cares about me. He is saying, this is ridiculous, but he's seeing it without the wound. Mm -hmm. And I also believe that these wounds that we get in our childhood, not everybody gets them. But when you get a wound like that in the childhood, let's say I got that same wound now, separately, it would not be so deep. It has to do with your childhood. It has to do with your inability to understand how to process what happened. Right. So you form who you are out of that. Mm -hmm. It's your reaction to the world. Mm -hmm. And if the world's going to be this way, this is how I'm going to be to survive it. Mm -hmm. So it's a disorder blossomed from that wound. And what's interesting about it is once you can actually get to it, clean it out and let it heal all of a sudden the rest of the stuff it's like a non-issue mm -hmm. and then I can hear what they're saying mm -hmm. right? without feeling attacked mm -hmm. it's a loving question mm -hmm. we want you to get out of this situation wouldn't dumpster help yes so my answer in the long run is yes but I won't throw out my <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, especially if you have homes for it, right? And, right. And you don't need to, right? And, and you're letting it go more freely and more quickly, and right? Not needing the money for it. Um. So thank you for addressing yeah. those. Um, mm -hmm. I'm glad we have people who care about mm -hmm. you and want um, want to find out um, questions that I'm not asking you. So, so mm -hmm. that was a. Uh, neat a good a good exercise mm -hmm. um so thank you to the listeners who who asked the questions um i don't know if we're at a good stopping point so um i think we are yeah <laughs> based on your nod <laughs> nod yes <laughs> well everything's so juicy that there's just too much to start over again yeah yeah so let's take a break mm -hmm. you and i will take a break here um and we'll come back and we'll keep going since 
Um, you've clearly been doing a lot of work. Uh, we haven't even talked about the retreat right. that I'm guessing you went on. Mm-hmm. So um, more to come. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. And that ends today's Chronicle. Attachment fogs everything. I think this nugget is the hardest thing for non-hoarders to understand. There's a wound that brought on an attachment disorder to things. Mary has healed enough of that wound now to look back on this with an insight that can be so helpful in bringing enlightenment to others. But without that healing, nothing would be changing not long-term. As always, I am amazed at Mary's willingness to show up and be authentic about this issue. Thanks so much to my brother, Michael Koppelman, for sharing his gorgeous music. And thanks to you, our listeners who are cheering Mary on. We love hearing from you. You can find us on Facebook, and I promise I will not clutter up your newsfeed. Stay tuned to find out what happens next on Clutter Chronicles.